Welcome to Winging It in Motown Radio. The kids are running the show today because our parents left us in charge of the podcast. <laughs> uh, no JJ, no Graham. I'm your host, Jeff. We got Kyle, Mike, Prashanthal on board. Gentlemen, hello. Hello. Little enthusiasm, please. How was your oh Thanksgiving? Oh my God, hello. <laughs> it was, uh, it was exceptional. Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving was exceptional. Uh, <laughs> yeah, not bad at I'll, all. I'll, I'll take over for JJ tonight. Greatest Thanksgiving ever. There you go. <laughs> uh, since you guys last recorded a podcast, the Wings are what three zero and one, seven yeah. points out of in, out of eight, uh, one point out of the wild card at the time of recording this, and um, things aren't looking so bad. We're no longer falling flat for Pat. Uh, <laughs> Kyle, the week, just how are you feeling about everything now? Take it in any direction you want, because there's <laughs> many positives to take out of the last few games. I, I mean, obviously, winning is good, so I'm never going to get upset about that, um, unlike most people. Uh, winning is winning. Uh, they started a trend uh, in, a, in a really nice way for a while there. Um, obviously, uh, they, you know, they lost that Montreal game, but... I don't think anybody really expected them to win against Montreal, so whatever. I mean, it's Carey Price. It's basically a loss no matter what. But um, I mean, I guess if you if you win one game against Carey Price out of the uh, out of the season, it's it's a success. Um, but um, I was at the game last night against Dallas, and uh, you know, it was you know not the way you want to win a game, but they won three to one, which is a multi multi-goal game, so uh, even though it was a Steve Ott empty net goal. Um, but I got to see Mantha score that extremely sexy power play goal, so um, I, uh, I liked that. So I'm, I, I feel good, uh, but we'll see how things go tomorrow, or tonight, I should say, against uh, a new Panthers team, a controversial Panthers team. We will see how that goes with the new GM head coach uh, hybrid thing. It's like a basketball. It's like a basketball team. <laughs> Prashanth, I want to get your take. You are the analytics guru. Just from your perspective, what did you see the last four games that were positive? Maybe something negative. I don't know. You take it again, whatever yeah, direction you want. I think, I think uh, one of the big positive finally had a couple of games where they played well and got the ideal results um you know i, I would say the dallas game i'd probably toss out because that third period got pretty gnarly it got pretty ugly um but the the two games prior to that the wings actually did record like from a shots perspective the wings actually dominate or I shouldn't say dominated but, but did control shots to where they had greater than 50% of the shots at five on five once you account for the score. And uh, the interesting thing about that is those two games where they had um, greater than 50% of the shots, that was the first time that's happened since November 8th. And that's only the fourth, third, fourth. And Prashanthi. <laughs> this is what happens when November 2nd. Prashanth, I think you are, are dying. Yeah, you're like a like I'm a dying. dying robot. This is why nobody trusts the analytics crowd. I know. <laughs> Basically, the eye test. That's what happens. 
<laughs> you need to reset your router, bro. Yeah, that's so weird. Let me let me try resetting my router real quick. Well, okay, well, Prashant is doing that. Mike, how do you feel? How you doing? <laughs> uh, Hi, Mike. Mikey, <laughs> likey. J- JJ's never gonna let us do this again without him. No, absolutely. No, not. he's not. So, um, no, I'm I'm feeling better about how the wings are doing right now. I mean, they're they're slowly climbing their way out of the basement, which. Um, it's debatable whether they belong there or not. I'm, I'm certainly not pretending like they're going to take over first at this rate, but um, I, I think my favorite performance, and this is going to be weird um, to say, but my favorite performance out of the past four games might be the Montreal game. Um, any Anytime, like Kyle said, anytime you play them even close, yeah. um, that, that that's a good night. Um, and just going down 2-1 to one and, and really kind of hanging with them for most of that game. Um, I know we took the L in that one, but that, that, that one was still feeling pretty good about the process, at least. Still got a point. So, yeah, I mean, call me crazy. Yeah, really. The, I mean, the, from what I remember, the first was kind of garbage, but they, they outplayed Montreal in the second and third period, if I remember correctly, maybe? Yeah. From, from the yeah, eye no. test, yeah. I mean, I'd love to have the analytics view on that, but... Well, clearly the analytics have <laughs> failed us tonight. Yeah, clearly, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> Hi, Prashant. Is that any better? <laughs> yeah. Uh, I guess we'll see what happens. All right, sounds good. I tried to, I just reset it and tried to move a little bit closer. Good. Just get closer to the microphone. That solves everything. Not the so microphone. Ha- did Did you want to? We can circle back to you, Prashant, with whatever the hell you were saying, because I have no idea, because I didn't hear <laughs> half of it. So, so basically, what what I was going for is, uh, you know, if you look at the wings in the month of November and you look at how they they performed um, from a shot share perspective. Uh, the Wings have only been above 50% uh, in, ter- in four games in the month of November. But the Montreal game and then the game prior to that were the first two times they've had back-to-back games where they were greater than 50% of the shots. You'd have to go all the way back to October 30th and November 2nd for the last time they had back-to-back games uh, where they controlled the shots. And so that's very encouraging to see them put together uh, two games in a row. Granted, the Dallas game, they kind of fell flat in the third period they got. Uh, rocked, but the the two games prior were very encouraging to see. Yeah, I, I was looking at the uh, like that that um, like the Dallas game. Obviously, I was there, so it was all eye tests for the most part. In the third period, it was all bad, like you know. But I think they were just playing to score effects at that point. Um, but uh, I mean, Dallas is one of those. They're they're one of those teams where they should be way better than what they are. Um, and call it just you know a bad goaltending i guess because really their goaltending is atrocious um the penalty kill did a really really good job and um you know i mean like i said you know we were grossly outshot but um you like i don't know i didn't see any player like that stuck like the only player that stood out to me i was like get off the ice with steve i and I mean that's every game for me, so it really I mean whatever. I thought Yurko actually, despite playing you know on the fourth line, um, I thought he looked good. He had a couple of really nice chances. That one in particular where he rang it off the pipe. Um, I mean you know it looks like he if he if his back can hold up, that is going to be a really nice addition uh, wherever that end up wherever the hell he ends up playing. So you know there that that was a big positive for me, and then obviously. Mantha scoring a goal is always a positive. So, well, I want to I want to take your thoughts there with Yurko, and I'm <laughs> going to actually throw this to Prashant. 
are we, I mean, obviously we're dealing with injuries with Athanasiu out and Tyler Bertuzzi, and we know Glenn Denning's probably never, ever going to actually come out of the lineup and be a healthy scratch. So Athanasiu, if he's healthy and they scratch Ott, is that pretty much as close to the ideal lineup as we could get if taking the the top three lines and then if you put Athanasiu on that fourth line with Yurko and Shea in, is that the ideal forward combination in your mind? Yeah. I'd say Helm's going to be in there. I think oh, you're getting about close to Yeah, I was going to mention that you don't have Darren Helm back yet, um, which to me means that either Mantha or Athanasiu, one of the two is going to be gone uh, when Helm comes back. I, I can't really see anybody else come out. Mm-hmm. Um, and that, that's going to be a little bit troubling. But if you do get Athanasiu back in, I still don't think that fourth line is the best spot for him. Um, you know, you've already, I would be moving Glenn Denning back down and moving Athanasiu into that spot with the Nielsen line um, and trying him there. Uh, that might be a little bit better for him because you do want him in an offensive role. Um, granted, Shahan, Yurko, Athanasiu is a pretty solid third line or fourth line. I mean, you're really starting to move towards, like Blashula said, um, where you do have uh, four lines that can roll and, and, really contribute into the offense. And that was that's kind of the big thing that I've been pushing is you don't need a, a fourth line that just gets rolled over. So Yurko, Shea, and Athanasiu, that'd be a really solid fourth line if that's what you're going to call it. I mean, you're basically, you almost have two third lines, which is a, yeah. a good thing. I mean, that's what we've been preaching what, all summer, right? what we've always wanted. Just give us four lines capable of playing hockey and being a threat to score. Every time they're on the ice. None of this Miller, Glendening, uh, bullshit. I would rather have uh, four first lines, but, eh, you know, whatever. (laughs) You greedy son of a bitch. (laughs) Yeah, well, you know what? Whatever. No, I feel like, I think that if if it's going to come down to anybody, uh, I think Shahan probably gets scratched before Glendening. Oh, I would agree with that. Yeah. Now, you, 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 you... Mentioned Mantha possibly coming out. Three goals, eight games. He's slapping Blasho left and right. I mean, he, he looks like a bona fide NHL player right now. He looks good with Tatar and Zetterberg on that line. I mean, if he keeps playing the way he is, when you get Athanasiu and Helm back eventually, I mean, you're not. You can't send this guy down, can you? No, you you, you can because he's a guy. I know you literally can, but do anything. And that's that's what it's going to come down to. It's going to be how do you keep everybody on the roster? And I haven't even looked at it from a cap perspective. What happens when they come off of IR and you're looking at it from that perspective? Well, uh, do the Smith's even have enough that? money? Yeah, like do do you even have enough money to keep the ideal lineup up? And that's not even something I've taken a look into um, to see if that's even feasible. But you know, it's going to end up being either Mantha or uh, Athanasio go down, or you're going to scratch somebody um like shahan which is going to be a pretty big thing to do or you're going to wave a guy like yurko um that's kind of where i'm thinking the wings are at um in terms of the moves they're going to make if you don't send down math mantha or athanasiu neither of these guys deserves to go down but uh i will firmly expect the ken holland conference about you know, they, they were just the guys who could, and you'll get some sort of runaround answer about why they struggled when neither of them have. Uh, so we'll see. My plan, play Drew Miller, 
until he hits his whatever stupid games played bonus, gets all his money, and then wave him. Yeah. I mean, obviously, I'm not not going to happen. Sure, why not? I mean, out of all the options that we're listing, um, especially the guys who can be sent down, like Athanasiu and and Mantha, um, waving Miller gives them the most cap relief. If we are running into dollars and cents problems with the salary cap, Miller... I don't think they they will be because of Helm, but... Yeah, because how far is Helm out? Helm's got... Yeah, no, he's got, got like, I thought it was like four to six weeks, right? Yeah, so he's gone. He's got a minimum. He separated his shoulder. Yeah. And plus, let's be honest here, guys. You <laughs> will come back, and, and then someone by the time Helm's back, someone else is going to be hurt. Something's going to happen. He can always move <laughs> Smith much. to long-term IR. That does clear what, like, whatever the hell he makes, a couple million. Yeah. So I, I just, I don't know. I guess just when Athens ICU comes back, that's that's really what we got to worry about. And then the ideal situation, obviously, is, is uh, scratching odd. I know that one dude in New Jersey that I saw with the Steve Ott jersey is going to be bumped, but <laughs> which that that's a real thing, everybody. Yeah, I don't know where I, I don't know where I posted that picture, but I was at the Devils, the Wings Devils game last Friday, and there was a man in the concourse in a brand new Red Wings Steve Ott jersey, and my father-in-law gave him the bird. It was. There, there was a uh, there were multiple um, at last night at the Dallas Stars game uh, multiple uh, Steve Ott Stars which was uh, I mean whatever <laughs> whatever I'm trying to come up with a segue and I got nothing right now <laughs> <laughs> just jump into it dude <laughs> uh, the injury bug we have listed in the post. We talked a little bit about FNICU coming back. We've mentioned Smith is out, Bertuzzi's out. Let's talk a little bit about the defense and the injury. With Smith being out, you know that that leaves you with what six healthy defensemen because Marchenko's still out as well. Mm-hmm. You know he's been skating, but he doesn't seem to be returning in the next day or so. Um, Cronwall can't get his rest days now. Just where are you guys at with the state of the defense? Mikey, you can go ahead because I, I teed them up on other crap, so it's your turn. Uh, I'm the roster defenseman. I'm, I'm pretty much as dour as ever just because, like you said, I, I mean, the fact that even Cronwell needs, you know, these every other game maintenance days um, is disheartening. Um, but I, I think it's going to open up some opportunities to get glimpses of some some waiver eligible guys like uh uh Renuff or um uh they're, Russo. They're not um, gonna call Renuff up. Well somebody. If if not him. Um but I, I think somebody else the other day was mentioning Jensen and I, I think he's probably out of options from a waiver standpoint. But Yeah he is. Yeah. But I mean some of these other guys, hell, if, if we've got problems, embrace the problem and just deal with it and see what we've got with our log jam of defensemen. Yeah, I mean they could do that. I don't know. I I I think that they're gonna stick with what they've got for the time being. because um, I think the time like they'll give they'll give Cronwall honestly, they're going to give Cronwall uh his next rest when Marchenko is ready to go. I mean it I will mean, they do- it will come. That's no, going to happen. No back-to-back games until December 19th and 20th. Yeah, so you can go ahead and book that Cronwall will be playing every time until, 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 until 
until Marchenko is ready, which seems to be probably pretty soon. They're basically every other day, except they have two days off, December 7th and 8th, but they play the 1st, the 3rd, the 4th. The, oh, just kidding. I'm an idiot. They have they play Saturday and Sunday. <laughs> wow. I'm a moron. Genius. Thank you. Yeah, you're welcome. This is what I'm here for, guys. <laughs> so <laughs> that just changes everything. Do we do we actually think like a Russo gets called up? No. Just for this weekend? No. I don't no. think so. Because uh what the uh I think the uh the Griffins play all weekend, so I doubt that they're gonna do that just for just for the sake of it. I think that they'll just give Cronwell the weekend and let him play and um if it if it sucks then it sucks. I I don't think they're gonna make a call up just for that though. <clears throat> or or you see Marchenko uh, who just ready to go because he I mean he's been skating and they said that he won't be ready for what like a couple of days he's day to day no contact yet so well I who mean, knows we could wake up tomorrow and he could be in the game so ex- exactly uh, are you happy with the the six skaters we have right now though I mean Sproul's been impressing Ouellette got in a fight against another Frenchman <laughs> dare I sure. say Erickson's been all right. Erickson's you been fine. Um, I don't know. I guess it could be worse. I still think that our worst defenseman is the Kaiser. So, um, Mike Green is really good. <laughs> I like Mike Green. He's he's been really good this year. So I like him. I don't know. Everybody else is just Prashant. Like, yeah, Sproul's yeah, good. Yeah, I mean, I mean, you know, the Kaiser hasn't really gotten a whole lot better, but Green has looked solid, although. He's still kind of trapped having to play with the Kaiser, which is a little frustrating because um, it does limit some of his potential. I think Sproul's kind of come back to earth a little bit, uh, having been paired with Jonathan Erickson at times. Uh, I think that can that pairing has kind of struggled a little bit over the last couple of games. Um, but I mean, Jonathan Erickson's been the real surprise in the in the way that Blashell's managed his minutes. Uh, you know, up until the last couple of games, he was actually leading all Red Wings defensemen in terms of you know, five-on-five courtside percentage. Jonathan Erickson was your team-leading defenseman, uh, which if you had told me that last year, I would have absolutely not believed you. Um, So I think you are getting a couple of guys who are playing probably above their means. Guys like Erickson is probably playing a little above his means, um, but still doing well. Um, I I wouldn't be opposed to calling up a guy like Russo. Have full set games to get a look at him uh, in terms of when he hits waiver eligibility. Um, so, so, you know, I'm not, I'm not entirely certain that we're not entirely certain what you're yeah, saying right now. Yeah. <laughs> um, I don't know what's going on guys. Well, Prashant is kind of gone again. Um, you there Prashant? Yeah. Can you guys hear me? Now we can. All right. I have no idea what's going on. I haven't really moved at all. So, um, yeah, I'll give you that take on Russo again. I was just saying, uh, with with Russo, I I wouldn't be opposed to calling him up just to get a look at him, and you know, on a back to back is probably your best opportunity to do that. I know Martinko is probably not too far away, um, but you do have a full seventy games of waiver uh, exemption time remaining for Russo, so it might be worth taking a look and seeing what you've actually got in him. He does lead all the uh, Griffins defensemen in terms of. Points per game. He's in the top 40 among AHL defensemen in terms of estimated points per 60 minutes. Uh, so he does look, he looks like he's performing pretty well down in the AHL. He might be worth a good look. 
mean, they have to give him a look sooner or later because he's out of options next year. So it's probably good, good, good time to hopefully maybe get those those looks in. But I'm still not con- considered like I, I'm not convinced that they will actually do that, but they should. They they should. I don't. I don't. Yeah. I think you're right. I don't think they'll actually give him a look. But he he's a guy who should probably get a long look. So if I if I had a yeah yeah he is essentially the Mike Green replacement once Mike Green gets taken in the expansion draft. So <laughs> is it Mantha going in the expansion draft? Yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah, it's Mantha. My bad. Got to get your Vegas Golden Knights Mantha jersey. Uh, J- I, JJ I, I owes me it. one. <laughs> Fuck it, he owes me one too. Just for uh, the of it. <laughs> let's jump ahead keep this thing moving observations from around the league um i mean the biggest takeaway from the last this last time you guys recorded probably the whole shakeup down in florida and uh they're going all analytics down there uh what are your thoughts on kicking uh gerard gallant to the curb literally? i think it was i mean it was yeah literally um I don't know. I mean, I, I like the fact that they're going all analytics, but I think they're going the complete wrong way about it. Um, I mean, from the quotes from Gallant or what was perceived from Gallant is that he and maybe there was a lot of dissonance between him and the, uh, you know, upper upper management and all that, which is fine. I mean, that's that's supposed to happen. That's that's how sports works. It's no one's ever on the same page. Um it's about coming together and finding a happy medium and that, that, that works. So I don't know. I like Gallant obviously for, for obvious reasons. Um, and honest to God, I love analytics, but I hope the Panthers just, just, I, I hope they get moved because honestly, I, I don't like the way that they went about this. I hope that they have a terrible rest of their season and that they get moved. Sorry, Panthers fans. If you listen to this, <laughs> Yeah, that that was shady shit. And they left him in North Carolina, didn't yeah, they? Yeah, like, yeah, no, yeah, they left him on a curb basically and said, "Hey, take a cab and get the hell out of here. Meet the curb. Here's your new home." Right, so, and so it's I mean, just that's like not, that's not entirely true. They did, you know, from the team reports, they did actually offer to pay for a flight to go anywhere. They offered to pay for his ride to go anywhere. He turned all of that down and said he was taking a cab. And that's probably the way Gallant goes. He's a prideful guy. Um, so, you know, I think the optics of it looked terrible because you basically had a guy staying on a curb without the team confirming that they had even fired him at that point. And <laughs> the next day, they did come out and say that they offered to pay a flight for him to go anywhere and, and all that. So you have a lot of delayed reaction and delayed explanations for what's going on. So I think the optics were terrible, um, at least from that perspective. But, you know, I do agree in, in some respects, it doesn't seem like this is the best way to handle this and there's probably a lot of information that we're missing as well. Um, in my opinion, though, from the opposite of Kyle, I want to see this team succeed. Uh, every day, I battle with people who, you know, sh- you know, basically crap all over analytics. Mention how it's got no value in the field of hockey. We're light years behind baseball, and while hockey analytics are still very much further behind baseball, given that baseball analytics started in the 1980s. Um, there's still a lot of really valuable information available, and I really want to see this team succeed to kind of help solidify that uh, and kind of help get that moving forward. Granted, they're a division rival for the Red Wings. I'd love for the Red Wings to stomp them, but uh, I, from that perspective, my own bias is I'd like to see them succeed for the future of analytics. 
Well, I mean, if they get, if they succeed, then we're screwed because we don't have an analytics GM running the team, so it doesn't really matter. Right, and you don't even have an owner who's going to push for something yeah, like that. Yeah, owner that. doesn't so, give a shit about analytics, so. Yeah, so, you know, it's going to be very frustrating from the Red Wings. I think from my perspective, it helps solidify what I do um, and makes it a lot easier for me, but. No, it doesn't. <laughs> <laughs> no, it won't. It will not make it easier on you. There will always be people who complain about analytics. Oh, absolutely. I'm not worried about that. I just don't need it every single day. I don't need the battle. Oh, you'll get it every single day. You will battle every (laughs) single day. It doesn't matter. I mean, look at baseball. There's still people who battle analytics every single day and in basketball, too. To be fair, baseball, it's so widely accepted, though. I mean, you still have the people fighting against it, but you got war and saw the sabermetrics. Like, that's, that's... that's legit in baseball now. Yeah, no, it is legit. And I'm not saying it's not legit in hockey either, but it's just, I mean, there will never be that. I just, there will never be a happy medium in my, in my opinion. And I'm a guy who I, I buy into analytics and I might not understand a lot of it, but I buy into it. I buy into whatever makes a team good and better. So if analytics does it great, if I don't know, punching, people in the face makes the team better than sure i just want to see a team win so you know whatever you have to do to win um just go ahead and do it i don't care spend whatever how however many however many dollars you need to do to make it happen i mean ultimately it just it's what needs to happen is kind of in what prashant is saying the panthers need to succeed before I mean, sports are copy. They're all copycat leagues. So if the Panthers succeed, the Panthers win a cup doing this with this model or Arizona does it, then someone else is going to do it. Then someone else is going to do it. And eventually the old boys club in the media and in the league, they become old ways of thinking and people will be hiring more analytics based GMs and I mean, that, that's all it's going to take is one team needs to win. Well, I should say two teams probably need to win because they could just be like, oh, it was a fluke. But until that happens, though, this I don't is know, where just, we are. Yeah, just win however you, you know, whatever. Just win. Just win, baby. If, win, Tom, baby. Rowe, if Tom Rowe wants to, you know, if Tom Rowe makes it and the Panthers win the Stanley Cup uh, with the GM head coach, then sure. Um I don't think that's going to benefit the Red Wings at all. So, I don't know. If, Whatever if happens, win a, no, nothing is going to benefit the Red Wings. Trust me. No, if the Panthers win a cup, they're going to do it with a half-empty stadium. They, they've got bigger concerns than making analytics work out. Well, well I, I mean, if, come on. Well, analytics they, work they, out, no, they win they, games. People yeah, if they go. win a Stanley Cup. If they win a Stanley I mean, look at the Chicago Blackhawks. If they win the Stanley Cup, people will come. Yeah. It doesn't matter where you're at. If you win championships, people will come. I mean, the Stanley. I mean, you would never have guessed that a team like the Chicago Blackhawks, despite how terrible the ownership was and all of that. I mean, you're talking about a major market in the United States. I mean, that team should have always had a huge following, and for a very long time, it was very, very bad. So, um, who knows? I mean, I'm not going to mark them off, but I just think that the way they went about it was super shitty. But I don't know. Uh, it was a bold move, and you know what? Teams who make bold moves sometimes come out on top. So, uh, you know, whatever. I guess uh, if it works, uh, trade Thomas Vanek to him, and uh, I don't know, get a second-round pick. Speaking of bold moves and draft picks, uh, there's been some chatter about Dougie Hamilton. And uh, t- was it today? 
or today as the day of recording this, Burke came out and said it would take 20 first round picks to get the defenseman away from uh, the Flames. Obviously, he's exaggerating a bit there, but uh, Hamilton off the market? Yeah. Yeah. I don't think he was ever on the market. Yeah, no. Even of him in a Wings uniform? Yeah, no, I think that, I think Prashant nailed it right there. Like, I think it was just, uh, I think it was just a bunch of media hubbub. Um, I don't think he was ever on the market. Obviously, whenever your team is doing really bad, um, someone's on the market, right? Like, even if your team doesn't confirm it. There's always someone saying, uh, well, this player might get dealt, uh, blah, blah, blah. Um, I mean, you look at the Islanders right now. Um, they're obviously not very, very, very good. And there's a lot of rumors. Yeah, they're very bad. But despite that, they just beat the Panthers. Or not the Panthers, I'm sorry, the Penguins. Um, there's a lot of rumor about John Tavares and not returning and all that. And he might not return after his contract is up. But, you I mean, they're still going to try and make a, a push to re-sign him. And I'm sure that... You know, he'll get the benefit there because he'll get the eighth year and he'll get, you know, he'll get a lot of money out of it. But, um, you know, it is what it is. So uh, I don't think that they ever wanted to trade him because they already traded a bunch of assets for him. And, you know, he's a good defenseman. So they got him on a good contract. So why why do that? Well said. Yeah. I mean, um, any other observation? Like, you know. Go ahead, Rashawn. All right. Sorry, Jeff. Uh, I was just going to say that. Uh, I think part of the that article from uh, Brian Burke was basically like he he basically said some sort of general manager made an inquiry, put out a crappy offer for Dougie Hamilton, and then when basically Brad Treliving hung up on that GM, apparently this GM has now like spread the rumor to another GM. So another GM called, said, "Hey, is Dougie Hamilton on the market?" And it basically seems like somebody just kind of made a crap offer. And then told other people that, oh, Dougie Hamilton, we made an offer for Dougie Hamilton. And so that's how this rumor's kind of gotten around. I don't think he was ever on the market. I think he's far too good of a defenseman. He's 23 years old. The guy's very good. I would be shocked if the Flames were moving him. It was probably Holland. He probably offered Yurko in a third. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> Brendan rumor, Smith. No, actually, it was Chica over in Arizona. Is that That's the prevailing rumor, is that he offered a pick and like Anthony Duclair or something like that, and it was not enough. Yeah, that's that's kind of an insulting offer. Yeah. So, Do you guys have any, any other observations from around the league before we head over to the positivity corner of the podcast? Um, not really. I think that uh, Jack Capuano is going to get fired. No, you know what? I'm sorry. He's not going to get fired. I think they're going to ride him out for the rest of the season. Sorry, Peter. (laughs) (laughs) I think my favorite thing in the world right now is Edmonton. Um, Connor McDavid is leading the league in scoring, Mm -hmm. but literally nobody else on his team can score, and I can't stop (laughs) laughing at the the Taylor Hall trade. It's like, huh, wouldn't it be great if you had a top 10 winger right now to play with McDavid? (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I mean, you look at you look at Taylor Hall, and he literally, when he's in the lineup for the Devils, the Devils actually like rep- resemble like a decent team. But when he's out of the out of the lineup, they're just garbage, um, or you know, a little bit above garbage. It would be really funny. Like, uh, wouldn't Connor McDavid love to have a winger like Taylor Hall right now? Yeah, I mean, like you look at Edmonton; they're twelve, ten, and two right now. They're pretty solid. Can you imagine Taylor Hall on that team? 
Yeah, they'd like, be way that better. That would off. be ridiculous. Yeah, but then you're taking Larson off their defense. Yeah, whatever. It's not that the impact of that is not nearly as big as the impact as uh, uh, having Taylor Hall on your team, I guess. So. Yeah, it's not even close. Whatever. All the right. NHL is garbage. That that is a negative comment, Kyle, and we need to be positive. <laughs> You're welcome. Because we are going to the corner, the positivity corner, and I'm going to start with you, Kyle, because I have a feeling I know what your positive. Yeah, it was my same positive as last. Yeah, it's my same positive as last week, um, Anthony Mantha. Uh, I think he's the. I honest to God, I think he's the best player on the team right now, um, outside of a guy like. Thomas Vanek, um, Vanek, who also has been wonderful. Uh, I, a pleasant surprise. It looks like to be probably one of the best signings, best signing of the free agency uh, period this this season. Uh, so I'll I'll take my hat off to Ken Holland on that. That was in, in a off season full of nothing but negativity. That Thomas Vanek signing is looking to be pretty prime. And if that team can't make it then you got yourself a nice little trade chip to throw out there. Um, but yeah, Anthony Mantha has been wonderful. And um, I think he's played himself into a full-time role. Um, and he's going to continue to play well because, oh, the Red Wings are putting him in a, you know, he, he's in the role that he needs to be. And that is like a top line role and uh, playing those power play minutes. And, uh, and I love that everybody's seeing how, disgusting of a wrist shot he has and that, that release that he has, um, you know, he's a goal scorer. So I'm, oh, I'm really the goal. He scored in New Jersey was yeah. beautiful. It was nasty. I like, just like the goals was scored and then like all your clothes come off. Figured. No, literally I, I tried to take my clothes off in the arena. <laughs> <laughs> That's my positive uh, thought. And then everything else, you know, you guys are wonderful. I love you all. We'll go to Mike. It's your turn, Mike. <laughs> um, Oh, positive, positive, positive. Okay. Um, Ottawa Senators, um, they're, what, second in the division now with a minus one goal differential? Um, the Atlantic for it, you. Yeah, that's the Atlantic for you. But, you know, from the positive side, that's the Atlantic for you. Like, mm-hmm. we're we're in the basement, and we're we're not out of this by a long shot. So I'm, I'm positive that we can right the ship or at least make a good run of it and then, you know, sell valuable pieces at the deadline to benefit the team if needed. Um, positive for you guys. Um, I'm positive that uh, this is my first podcast with Prashanth, I think. And it's, um, I, I want to say it's going well if Prashanth. <laughs> oh, oh, he is there. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I just like to lurk, Mike. Oh, he's so creepy. All right. Terrible. All right. Bird. Prashanth, what's what are you what are you positive about? Yeah, so kind of echoing Kyle's Mantha statement right now. Mantha's in the top ten in the NHL in terms of five on five score adjusted course relative to his teammates. And if you look at the guys on that list, it's Brad Marchand, Patrice Bergeron, Sidney Crosby. Marchand. Like you, you've got these guys on that list, and then Mantha's sitting right there, sixth in the NHL right now. Granted, he's got the smallest sample out of all of those guys, but it's really cool to see how much of an impact he's made on this team, um, both from a scoring standpoint and then driving shot numbers for the wings. 
I mean, the the stat I posted the other night, and if you look at the Wings' last five games, when Mantha is on the ice, the Wings are plus 30 in five-on-five shot attempts. When he's off the ice, they're minus 47. That's a 77-shot differential in five games, just with Mantha on the ice versus him not being on the ice. That's absurd. Um, so, you know, I really, I really like the point that Kyle brought up. My point will be that I think this team is finally starting to play better, and you're finally starting to see that happen with a lineup and a kind of style of play that's more sustainable. When they won those six games in the early part of the season, you know, I, I told, you know, I put out a lot of information saying, this is not a sustainable way to win. You're winning playing poorly. And as such, they ended up going on a pretty bad losing streak. I think now you're seeing them win a couple more games, but you're seeing them win where the process looks good. And this is the kind of sustainable results that, if the wings can keep that process up, they'll be able to sustain results. And um, I think if you look at the lineup, you finally have a near optimal lineup uh, working for you, which is really, really nice. And it's something that I think a lot of us have been asking for for a while. And so I'm hoping that if, you know, the the dream scenario would be when Helm and Athanasio are back, I'm ah, Glenn Denning are gone. I know that's not going to happen, but if that ever got to be a reality this team that's as optimal as you can really put together their their uh, forward group so i'm pretty positive about the way they're playing right now and how they're doing it awesome um i'm very happy that brendan smith isn't dead um <laughs> i was really worried that the knee on knee hit he took was going to be like a torn ACL and he was going to be out the rest of the season and he's a free agent and they probably wouldn't resign him. And he was done as a red wing forever. Um, I was very happy that I at least got to see him play one last time in New Jersey. Um, but he's not out forever. So hopefully he will come back and his career will be savaged, savage, salvaged. Uh, <laughs> so I'm very, I'm very happy about that uh also that devil's game was cool got to meet peter it's a good dude uh very happy that my father-in-law went with me because otherwise i would have been by myself and he's a good dude too and he took that picture flipping off the guy in the steve ott jersey so i'm very positive about all that and winning's fun agree more wins more fun more wins equal more points which equals more fun uh yeah so that's think we're it's been a pretty positive podcast a podcast podcast yeah, uh we should do reader questions all right let's toss it to you kyle you have to play the role of jj and bring us our reader questions all right uh no pressure uh for one of the best uh all right so first question from david uh, I want to ask about Tatar. What do you see in, as his best attributes? Uh, what are his worst? And what do you think uh, he will figure into the Red Wings' future? Um, I think that he is a great shooter when he shoots the puck. He has a strong wrist shot. Um, he's a good playmaker. He's fast. He's tenacious. Um, and if I had my if I had it my way, he would be here until the end of his career because uh, I really, really like Thomas Tatar. Um, you guys, what about you? Uh, real quick. <clears throat> I always feel like he tries to make one too many moves, which seems to be a common thing said on the broadcast about him as well. 
Yeah, I mean, he, he, he has a bad tendency of slowing the play down when he should just drive the net. Um, and I think JJ once said that he learned that uh, from Philpola, who learned that from Hoodler. I don't know if that's really the case, but it's uh, pretty funny. Um, but he should definitely keep the play going. Prashant, what about you? Uh, I, I think for me, um, the, the part about Thomas Tatar that I, I love is is his neutral zone play. I don't think, yeah. I, w- I would argue that across the NHL, he is a top 10 player in terms of his ability to exit his own zone and enter the offensive zone. Um, his abilities in the neutral zone uh, definitely get underreported because we don't have a lot of neutral zone tracking data aside from what has been published by you know groups like Sport Logic and and things like that. But I think his neutral zone play is probably among the best in the NHL. Um, you know there are there are times where he does have the tendency to to over stick handle the puck a bit, and I do think it's a little bit of a Datsuk effect. You know even Datsuk coming in, uh, there's a famous quote from Scotty Bowman who said, you know he had to tell Pavel, you already beat him once, you don't need to beat him again. Uh, and, and Pavel finally learned to kind of make one move and then go from there. I do think Thomas Tatar sometimes does try to make that extra move, but at the same time, when you go to grade him at the end of the day, he leads the wings and scoring chances created, individual shots taken. I mean, he still leads in every metric in terms of driving individual and team offense. So it, it's it's hard to argue with his results, even though visually it's it doesn't always appear great. Mikey, what about you? I'm not sure I've got anything to say about him that you guys haven't already. So I'm going to say the, the best thing about him is his hugs, because nobody yeah. else on the on the wings gives good hugs like Tatar does. He, he has a great goal, a, a great goal celebration, and I wish we could see it more because he's just his smile is great. Um, all right, uh, yeah. Anything else? Oh, I was I was just going to say he he's he's got the enthusiasm about him that you know yeah. the rest of the business's usual wings don't don't seem to embrace on the ice and, and it's it's nice to see every once in a while agree he's a he's a great personality next question from forever kicking tires which is fitting because his question is shall we kick some tires um another question is also when is tangrady going to get the call up i want more tangrady jokes uh i'm just going to go ahead and answer this uh in because i think this is how it's going to work tangrady isn't going to get a call up no nope. um uh you're not going to get any more Tangrady jokes because I have banned them. Um, and then tires being kicked. The only tires that are going to be kicked, I think, are going to be ones of the Red Wings selling something. Does anybody? Kyle. Just... Yes. Would you rather have 100 Tangrady jokes in a single day or one Tangrady joke a day for 100 days? I would. It's one Tangrady joke every 100 days. Thanks. No, 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 no. One Tangrady joke every day for a hundred days or a hundred Tangrady jokes in one day. I don't want either. So we're going to go ahead and move on from this question. <laughs> Anyways, from B Kurt 58, in your opinion, uh, what is the lineup going to look like once guys start getting healthy? Eh, we, get down we already talked about that. Um, let's see here. Uh, this from is the Casey. beginning of the podcast. B. Yeah. Kurt. Just, yeah. <laughs> uh, from case Stenji. um, case Stenji. Yes. Uh, 
I'm going to see the wings on the Joe at the Joe on the 11th and 15th. Both times I'll be taking people who have never been there before. I plan on doing a full loop and showing them the statues. And the question is, what are some of your favorite fun facts and stories about the Joe and the team that I can share with them? Um, Oh, I got one. This is, this is a good one. This is a really good question or a really good question. Um, I would say that you should definitely, if they're, you know what? I'll just throw it to you guys because I, I'm not well, sure what, what fun fact have. slash story. When they originally built the Joe, they yeah. forgot to put press row in there. Yeah. So they what essentially took out like the top row of seats wherever press row is right now, and it's really small and cramped, and the media hates it. Uh, but that's just kind of a fun fact. I'm and sure it sticks out like a sore thumb. Exactly. <laughs> it really does. It's so ugly and it's so crappy. Uh, that is a good one. Uh, another one, another fun story is that uh, there are not enough bathrooms in the Joe, and that will be obvious to you, uh, com- uh, like right off the bat when you get there, and you have to use the restroom. Um, so they built a restroom uh, that is an upper level restroom in the concourse, which is also too small, um, mm-hmm. and it will be very obvious that that is that was added on because there are too many people inside of that building and not enough places to relieve yourself. Does anybody have anything else? No. Okay. Great. Uh, so bathrooms. Yeah, bathrooms. Yeah. Sorry. Hopefully, uh, hopefully the people you're taking are uh, appeased by that. Um, let's see here. Uh, BG unit. Does Anthony Manta have a realistic chance of leading the Red Wings in goals this season? Um, I mean, if Larkin doesn't keep up, I mean, Larkin's going pretty hot right yeah, now. Larkin's, Larkin's got seven. He's, so. he's doing. He's doing pretty well. Um, you know, Larkin isn't really producing the assists. But um, I'm not really too worried about that. Yeah, uh, I saw. I saw. I think it was Prashanth tweeted that the other day. Like, don't worry about it. So I didn't worry. I'm not worried about it. <laughs> yeah, no. The, it, 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 don't worry about that. Um, I think that Manta maybe he doesn't lead the goals in goals this season, but um, with the way he's shown us how he's playing, he could lead in goals uh, for many seasons to come. In my opinion. Yeah, if he if Mantha played every game the rest of the year, I think he'd have a good chance at leading the team in goals. The problem is I don't think he's going to play every game the rest of the year. So you're an asshole. Yeah, I agree with that. I, I mean, four off too. of Larkin. Well, four off of Larkin is like nothing. You get a Hattie one game, and I right. know those are rare, but but I mean that almost catches you right up. But I mean, we all know Larkin's not going anywhere. Mantha's got waiver eligibility, and with the way that this management group handles rosters with with respect to well you're out of waiver options and you're not so let, let's see who we send down ha 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 uh I, I think that says all we need to um all we need to hear i'll go ahead and say that mantha will finish with a better goals per 60 minute cool yeah i don't think i would disagree i think he'll finish with the top goals per 60 minute on the team the only guy who i think could surpass him would be Athanasiu. Yeah, that's why he plays like five minutes a night. Right. I would, (laughs) I would love to see those two compete for who would lead the wings and goals. If they got to each play in the top six for the rest of the year, that would be so much fun. It would be fun. And I think Manta would probably win. win, But happened to see the team in five on five goals when he got hurt. So, you know, it, it, it would be a lot of fun to watch. I, I agree. Um, so next question from Rhode Island Red 2. Uh, who is the biggest Red Wing surprise so far? Who is the biggest disappointment? Um, so 
I'll go ahead and toss that to you guys, I guess. Um, I'll let Prashanth go ahead first. Yeah, I think for me, the biggest surprise is easily Jimmy Howard. I don't think anybody was expecting them mm-hmm. to have the kind of rebound he's had, and not just any rebound. Um, you know, looking at him from like an advanced metric standpoint, uh, Nick Mercanante has been working on a few different stats, and his newest stat is win threshold percentage and loss threshold percentage. Essentially, it's the percentage of games a goalie plays well enough for his team to win versus the percentage of games where the goalie plays with where the team is expected to lose. And if you look at Jimmy Howard, he is really, if you take those two percentages and put them on a graph, he's second only to Carey Price. Yeah, um, and, that, and that's not surprising to me because, I mean, you could even tell that by the eye test. I mean, he's just played so freaking well. Yeah. I mean, to me, if you look at the Vezina candidates at this moment, it's, it's Carey Price, it's Corey Crawford, and it's Jimmy Howard. Uh, it's, it's unbelievable how well he's played. So I think he's easily... The biggest surprise for me, um, probably the biggest disappointment has to be Riley Shahan. I know yeah. both JJ and I had pretty high hopes for him uh, coming into the season. And he, granted, he's kind of gotten shafted with getting moved around in the lineup a lot, uh, not having consistent ice time, being put in a big, big defensive role. But at the same time, he's got the hands. He's got skill. He, we know he can do this. Um, it's been a little disheartening to see him just nowhere near the net, no chances being created. Uh, his game last night uh, really was his best game of the season. Yeah, I've always uh, t- I've always said this about Riley Shan is that he's a guy that needs to shoot more often, and he never gets the chance to shoot more often. And I don't know if that's by design or if he just doesn't shoot the puck that often. I know he has a good shot. So, um, yeah, I-, I think I'm going to go ahead and – Cop, carbon copy what what uh what what Prashant says those are I'm right right on right on par with him does anybody else have anything different does anybody have uh, any other... biggest surprise Ryan Sproul oh, that's a good one I mean I didn't really expect much of anything or when he did play it to be kind of a dumpster fire <laughs> so and biggest disappointment uh Brendan Smith because mm-hmm. I had very high expectations for him as per usual I agree with the uh, Ryan Sproul biggest surprise, but my biggest disappointment would be uh, DeKaiser. And I know he kind of has like this new role forced on him against the top competition and all that, but you know we, we saw flashes that he might be capable of it last year. And to see him really struggling with it after management just handed him that new contract, that's that's just yeah. Maybe I mean, it's that's more to be disappointed point. with ma- maybe it's more to be, to be disappointed with management. But either way, I think you could right. also throw Vanek in as a surprise. Oh, absolutely. I mean, yeah, 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 that's 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 a good one for sure. Um, yeah, that, so that's next, fair. Next question uh, from Detroit underscore Irish. Um, gun to your head: Will Dylan Larkin be closer to Datsuk or Philpola in their primes? Basically, is he a one C or a two C? Um, my answer to that is going to be incomplete because I don't know for sure right now. I don't think he's going to be what Datsuk is in his prime. I don't think he'll be even close. I mean, if you look back to Datsuk in his prime, it was um, astronomical um, for what he was. Um, so I don't think he'll be... I don't think he'll be that, but um, I think he'll be maybe... I think he'll be better than Phil Pla in his prime. So that's... Yeah. that's 
So, what about you guys? Yeah, Philpola, he was never really a true 2C. I don't know. They always moved him to wing, and he could never hack it as a 2C. Um, but no, I don't think Larkin's going to be Datsuk. Datsuk's one of a kind, but he'll yeah. he'll be better than Philpola when all is said and done. It's going to be very hard for a center to beat what Datsuk did in his prime. Yeah, Larkin will yeah. be a 1C, but he's not going to be Datsuk level. Yeah, it's not gonna, and that's just not that's not just a reference thing. That is a an a hockey thing. I don't think we'll see another center in their prime like, uh, like, uh, like, like Datsuk. I, I guess you could say Connor McDavid, but Connor McDavid is not the same kind of player that Datsuk was. So, no, I think the only guy right now who who's really like Datsuk is Bergeron, and I think Bergeron's yeah. about as close as you're gonna come at this point in time. I don't think people really give Datsuk enough credit for just how dominant he was in terms of controlling the game. Like people forget, like, you know, of course has a relatively, or of course he's a relatively new metric for people. But if you go back to his 07, 08 season, when he was on the ice, the wings controlled 65% of shot attempts. Yeah. That's ridiculous. Yeah. Um, there's just, nobody even comes close to matching that. You haven't had anybody come close to matching that. That's just stupid. Good. Um, I don't think Larkin has that, potential that i don't think that ceiling is there um i think his ceiling like you know you've said kyle is probably in between um datsuk to philpola if i if you had the gun to the head i'd say the ceiling is closer to datsuk than it is to philpola Mm -hmm. um but the the there's still a canyon between that yeah his ceiling is quite literally jonathan taves i think i think i think that's a very reasonable ceiling to peg I think that's but probably I, the best you can expect. He's 20 years old. Yeah, I even think he'd probably be better than Jonathan Taves, but that's just me being a homer, so whatever. Yeah. I don't know. I think he might actually be closer to Philpula. I mean, I, I think Larkin might top out at maybe a 65-point guy. Um, Datsuk, in his best, put up over 90 in a season, didn't he? Yeah. What was what was Philpula's top like? Uh, yeah. So Philpula's tops was like, what, 52, I think, one year? Something in that. I, I mean, in terms of point production, he's. I think he's probably going to be closer to Philpula than Datsuk. But in terms of what he does for the team, I think it'll probably be closer to Datsuk than Philpula. All right. Uh, moving on to our next. Um, from Andrew12, OMG line or line of Colton Orr, George Peros, or Doug the Thug Glatt? Um, I don't even really know what to say. So any anybody? OMG. Yeah, I guess I just I like Drew Miller. Glenn Denning works hard. And... I think that Glenn Denning is probably better than all three of those players. So, uh, give me Doug Lapp. <laughs> yeah, no, no thanks. Prashant, do you do you have anything to say to that? No, man. I'd rather eat a bowl of cockroaches and play that line for a season. So, all right, that's good too. Um, from Bird Tire. Uh, Don't Stop Believing has been removed from the Joe's soundtrack. Uh, This is a hypothetical, by the way. Um, What song do you replace it with? I think I would replace it with... um, Ah, God. I'm going to go ahead and say I'll replace it with um, Fireworks by Katy Perry. God, you're (laughs) evil. I know. (laughs) I mean, I hate, I hate. Don't stop believing. So yeah, I mean, it, they deserve it. I mean, I'm gonna put "Welcome to Detroit City." Eminem, trick, trick. <laughs> Let's 
go. Sure, why not? Anybody else? I don't know. Give me the Stone Cold Steve Austin theme song. All right. That is also a good good answer. Mike, anything? Uh, uh, anything by Nickelback just to troll those Windsor people who come to the games. Okay, fair enough. Uh, Baby Larks asks, at, uh, this is in uh, reference to the expansion draft. Or, I'm sorry, I'm, let me go up. Uh, N-E-N-S-R-W. Is a healthy Athanasiu better option than Tatar on the Zetterberg mantle line? Uh, my answer is, does that mean, my, my question is, does that mean Tatar is a scratch? Or is Tatar... He just getting... moved to a different line, I would presume. Um... Yeah. I don't know. I, I like Tatar where he's at. That line is doing okay. So, I yeah, I mean, I wouldn't be opposed to it because that means what uh, Tatar is playing with. Nielsen and Abdulkader. Yeah, no, I mean, that's still okay, but not great. I think that I'd, I'd like to see um, Athens see you with either line, so I don't really care. Yeah, I mean, from my perspective, I, I think I would favor Tatar on that line. Um, for the reasons stated, yeah, just no, just like with uh, Mantha and mm-hmm. uh, Zetterberg, I think Tatar's neutral zone play, like I talked about a little bit earlier, is kind of unparalleled right now on the wings. And I think Athanasiu probably has a potential to grow into that, um, but that'll kind of involve reining in his speed a little bit. I do think sometimes he gets a little too fast, uh, potentially makes a couple of plays that he doesn't necessarily have to. Um, but Tatar is just Tatar's a monster in entering the zone. I would keep him on that line. All right. Yeah, um, I'm I agree go with Prashant. Okay, we'll go ahead with the next question then. Um, from Baby Larks, at this point, who gets protected in the? Exp- you know what? Um, we'll go ahead and go through that in 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 a later podcast because. That we're going to do an entire podcast of this entire expansion draft thing and who we're going to expose and who we're going to protect because it's a very, very large can of worms. So, Baby Lark, stay tuned. We'll get to it. I promise. We're going to have multiple posts on that. Um, <clears throat> from LA Wing, if Croner takes a game off... Uh, Russo. Russo. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, we'll take Russo over Jensen. Um, from FNG, you're trapped alone in a dark room. On your on your right is a DJ playing Hey Hey Hockey Team Hockey Town on repeat. On your left is playing uh, Labut uh, on repeat. You have a pistol with one bullet. Who do you shoot? Let's say we're not killing anybody. Let's just say we're telling them to stop. I don't know what Labut is. I don't either. Yeah, yeah. I don't know that. Okay, so we'll go ahead and skip that. <laughs> um, Thomas Yerko uh, from Big Tech's D three hundred four fitter, happier, more productive. Glad he's focusing on strength and speed, not just bulk. Big misconception that heavier equals better. Agree or disagree? Um, you guys, I think that he is going to be a lot better this season, um, and that's just my take. Agree. Okay. Anybody disagree? Okay. Um, Thirteen thirty-seven. Don. How much longer does Kenny have? What will be the final straw? I'm going to go ahead and just cut this off right now. Um, he will have as long as he wants. There will be no final straw. I mean, I don't know if they miss the playoffs like five years in a row, or it's year nine of the nine-year rebuild. He's not going to. He's not going to get fired. He might. No, he won't. You know, he'll, I, he'll step down before he gets fired. Yes, he will step down or move into a different position before he gets fired. I don't yeah, think I mean, he's fired. I think the way I think it rolls out is his contract 
right now runs through the end of next year. He gets the team transition to the new building, and then he steps down at the end of next year. Okay. <laughs> from uh, yeah. That's actually a really good answer. Um, fair take. Yeah, he's astute enough to know when to move on. Yeah, I mean, and, he might he know, might not have he, wanted to the past couple of years, but yeah. if he was a, if he was a student of wanting to know when to move on, it would have been a couple of years ago when Steve Eiserman. Never mind. Anyways, um, <laughs> uh, from Al James, uh, which animal skates better, a deer or a duck? I'm going to go ahead and cut everybody off. Uh, Jimmy Hoppus Ghost said a duck sized tang grady. Uh, that's probably Ooh. the answer we were looking for. Uh, not me, but I'll go ahead and appease the crowd. Um, Acadian I six because I cannot be on the show and rant can you guys rant for me oh we already did that okay, jump ahead 15 back 15 minutes yeah yeah just just go back uh all right from john connor out of the three of fnsu mantha or larkin who do you think has the most potential i'm gonna go ahead and say larkin i has to be larkin um yeah. it would be larkin and then probably mantha and fnsu are tied Anybody else got anything to add to that? It's Larkin 1, Mantha 2, FNICU 3. Yeah, I, I think Mantha. Yeah. Yeah, Larkin 1, Mantha 2, FNICU 2B. Yeah, I mean, that's <laughs> fine too. Um, yeah. Dan Borsma asked, why isn't hockey more popular in the U.S. than it is? Why can't it be? What can be done to change that? This is a, this is a big question. Um, I would say probably better coverage. Um, you know, you only have NBC Sports or NBC Sports. NBC covering it, and that's very limited. Um, if there were games on every night, uh, maybe it would be better. Um, maybe if there were better games on NBC, I mean, uh, they broadcast some pretty crappy games. I mean, tonight we saw Pittsburgh versus the New York Islanders. Um, even I didn't want to watch that, and I'm a diehard hockey fan because I don't give a crap about either of those teams or really any of the players on the teams. Um, they should be marketing towards players like Connor McDavid, Austin Matthews, Patrick Alaine. The fact that we don't see those players more often is insulting. Um, the fact that we don't see players like uh, Aaron Eckblad or, um, I, you know, hell, I don't know, like any other big, big name, younger player. Um, the, the NHL will never grow in the States without that. Um, because essentially, if you look at NBC Sports' coverage, it is like the same 10 teams recycled 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 so um that's a big thing um and then another question uh is founders or bells i say founders the next question is why are pants and i say i don't know uh anybody else have anything to add to that (laughs) i like sweatpants it's a tough toss-up between founders and bells but i gotta go with bells okay that's fair. Uh, you got to go Founders for the KBS. Uh, yeah, you got to uh, get the KBS. I don't KBS think is founders, delicious, so. but have you guys never been to an Oberon release party? No. I mean, I've had Oberon, like... I mean, I've had Oberon. Yeah. They don't sell either here, I'm pretty oh, sure. You porcel. God. It is a wonderful beer, but it is not enough to make me say Bells over Founders. Um, okay. All right, moving... Um, move. Best Brown. Yeah, Best Brown. Uh, the Porter... Um, okay. Two Hearted Ale, one of okay. the best IPAs out there. There's a Big lot of good beer. stuff from Bells, and there's a lot of good stuff from Founders too. Yeah. Uh, next is. question. Next question. Our sizzle. Uh, one was this comment posted soon enough? Uh, yes. yes. Uh, two. No. Will Mantha outscore Zetterberg in points? No. 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 Ice time. 
and plus Sederberg is actually playing really well so far. So I'm actually kind of yeah. pleased with him uh, over the last few games, at least. So Sederberg's going to get points on all of Mantha's goals. So yeah, pretty much yeah. that goal, like that that Mantha's goal the other night in Dallas. Uh, that was Zetterberg just being a sexy little Swedishman. So I like that, um, and I'm okay with that. So um, that's it for reader questions. So uh, hey, uh, Jeff, why don't you take us home? Panthers at home, at Penguins, at Islanders, and depending on when we record next, at Jets. Somewhat of a favorable-ish, maybe, schedule for the Pittsburgh game. How do you guys feel for the next week? Real quick. I think they'll do better than 500. Better than 500. Mike? 2-1-1. One, and one. Prashanth? Damn, I was going to say 2-1-1. One, and one. Oh, stole it from you. You can still say it. I'm going to still say it. <laughs> All right. You copycat. Oh, Jeff, what about you? Oh, you asshole. Oh, two and two. You're just a terrible person. <laughs> I'm actually a very good person. Thank you. My I mom agree. tells me all the time. Yeah, well. uh, any final hockey-related thoughts, gentlemen? Go Red Wings. Go Wings. Winging uh, it. For Mike and Kyle and Prashant and Justin and JJ and Graham and everybody at Winging at Motown, thanks for listening. See you next week.